0: I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm a millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture
1: from very different perspectives. We speak frankly.
0: So, welcome back, folks. We are at the end of our list of the greatest NBA basketball players of all time starting in 1960 all the way to 2012 as we talked about before we gave you a recap of 50 all the way down to three and now we are going to go to two as we looked at our top five we Gary
1: and I disagreed on three and four we had a flip-flop more or less if we don't have the same number two and the same number one, there is a problem. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. This this could be a situation,
0: folks, where the two generations actually meet. But we didn't have the same number three and we did not have the same number four because I had number three, Will Chamberlain, and you had number three as Bill Russell. I had Bill Russell at number four, but you're right, Gary. And I think that it's, it's appropriate to look at our number two guy. Cause I think it's, it, no, it may not be the same. I'm going to say my number two guy. You can go ahead and say your number two guy after I finish, but the number two guy on my list kind of followed that era of Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. In fact, up until probably ooh, 1990 or so, those three individuals were deemed as being the best basketball player to ever put on shorts and put on, and lace up sneakers. Yep. Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and my number two, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, also known as Lou Sender. But we agree. his NBA career was totally as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So that is how I will reference him. And that is, I'm sure the way he would like to be re- referred to. A great. Basketball player Gary to the degree that if you said okay, where do you want to start? High school, okay. He won seventy one straight games. Yeah, <laughs> so you know most teams play about twenty games a season. so you know it's just unbelievable. NCAA. Well, you can play varsity basketball as a freshman. So what did he do? He played three years in college at UCLA, and every year they won the championship, three for three. No basketball player had played twenty. Years until Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came along. He played twenty years, and when you look at a basketball player, you say, "Hey, what do you want him to do?" Okay, you want the person to score points, right? You want one basketball player to score points. At his retirement, and even till today, no basketball player has scored more points in the NBA than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar: thirty-eight thousand three hundred eighty-seven points. So you say, okay, that's good. But if I had a basketball player, an ideal basketball player, I wanted him to play a lot of games. I wanted him to get out there and play every day. He did. No basketball player played more basketball games in the NBA than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And you say, hey, he's a big guy. He should be able to defend the basket. Okay, he did. No basketball player blocked more shots than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No basketball player stayed on the court longer. He played more minutes than anybody in the history of the game. When he retired, now you want someone who wins a game. You you, know, you you don't want a guy out there who to, to win sometime, loses sometime, doesn't play that many games. doesn't. He's not really a winner. Well, no basketball player won more games than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one thousand seventy-four victories. No one till this date has won more games as a player in the NBA than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. To me, it, it it even, as I look at the statistics of our number one guy, at least my number one guy, it's a situation where you say all these facts and it, it's very, very uh, hard for someone to say, well, how good is that number one guy? Well, you'll find out in a few minutes, hopefully, or in that ne- next episode, we'll see how it goes. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I haven't even gotten into his individual records. I'm just talking about how he affected the NBA, you know, just literally total, absolute dominance. Now, has any player been in the finals more than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yes. You know, Bill Russell was, he played 13 years and won 11 championships in 13 years. That, that's pretty remarkable. That's why I have number four. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in 10 finals, won six and lost four. Nowhere near the number that Jerry West lost, which was Eight or Elgin Baylor lost, which was seven, and yes, as our friend LeBron lost, which is six. So from so many perspectives, and that's a, that's just my beginning of, what, of some of the things I like to say about him, Gary, but I'm going to to pause at this point and let you uh, chime in as to who your number two player would be, and I'm going to come back to uh, to
1: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, I already said, actually, and while you were talking, that we agree that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, for me, is the second gr- greatest NBA player to ever play the game. But he is the greatest basketball player, I think, to ever play the game. And what I mean is, when we talk about every level of playing basketball, he's the best. There's really no debate. And I, don't, you know, I usually don't like talking about other uh, shows, but when Skip Bayless would say that Larry Bird and Michael Jordan had a better college career than Kareem, I turned the TV off. Because, they're it's a really, joke. Because, they're, because it's not even close. Not he, even close. He is clearly the greatest college basketball player ever. And this just shows how great Kareem is or was in his first few years in the league when he played with Oscar Robinson, he won a championship. And he was 24. Yes. And the Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> to this day, has never won another championship. So that just it shows you how great he actually was. He was, you know, he was a six time MVP, he has the most MVPs in the history of the game. It's not really close at all. He played in no. the toughest era of centers. When you talk about Moses Malone, Akeem, Ralph Sampson, I mean the list goes on and on. Robert Perry. Willis, mm-hmm. Willis, Willis Reed. Willis Reed, yeah. that's right. Ward Chamberlain. Yeah. He played he played. West South. The list goes on and on and on. He was the best player. So that just shows you, you know, just as an individual when it comes to his talent, you know, he is remarkable. But he also helped Magic Johnson become the player that he is. And Magic's in my top five, and I know Magic's in your top ten. But Magic would not be in the top ten without Kareem. That's just a fact. In fact, Magic never won a championship without Kareem. So yeah. it just shows you how great Kareem was. And Kareem, um, I believe, is tied with two other guys with ten finals appearances. But Kareem is clearly the best player out of those guys. LeBron has a chance to get to ten. But we know that even LeBron gets to ten... It's still not better than Kareem's tank. We all know that. So you know this was pretty easy. Yeah, it
0: it really was, Gary. I, I think you look at the stats. You know, fifteen times, fifteen times All NBA. Now ten times first team, five times second team, eleven times All Defensive Team. You know, those are numbers no one can no one matches. You know, it's just simple as that. No one matches it. Th- those numbers are not matchable. So
1: showed is that you know Kareem was, you know, he made all these first teams, all these second teams, and all the defensive teams with the media not liking him, which just shows how great of a player he was that they had no choice but to give it to him.
0: You're you're right, Garrett. You're right. It was uh, a situation where, you know, they had to look around, look around, and they said, oh, wow. I mean, his stats were just too, too strong. Nineteen times in the All-Star game, these aren't matchable fake figures. Obviously, rookie of the year. A lot of people have done that. Uh, but I tell you, scoring titles, just two, just two. You know, we you know that number one guy chucked up a lot of scoring titles. So from so many perspectives, Gary, it is, it is an easy call. Now, if you look at his career, scoring average, 24.6. You know, Obviously, some people have done better than that. But in his latter years, keep in mind, he played 20 years. First player to do that. He did not score as many points in his latter years. shot an amazing 56% as a career player, 56% from the field, 72% from the foul line, which for a person of his height, I don't think many players could say that. That was a very high shooting percentage for a person over seven feet tall, especially during the era of the 70s through 80s and into his latter years. Career rebounding average, 11.2. Assists, 3.6. 2.6 uh, black shots per game. No one would, I think, argue that he wasn't the greatest center of all time. Obviously, we, we agree with that. And having him at number two, as I said earlier, there are arguments that he could be number one. And when I say he's number two, that would mean that he was number one for a long time. A long time. Before time allowed someone else to surpass
1: him. I'll tell you more about Kareem's stats here because you obviously mentioned the total points, but field goals made, he's number one by, by over 2,000 field goals made. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. He's number three in rebounds behind Wilt and Bill Russell, which is a huge deal because yeah. the pace of play <laughs> was a little slower than mm-hmm. Kareem played. Kareem is third all time in blocks which is another, you know, incredible stat. And I want to break down more just, you know, beyond the stats. Besides your number five guy, LeBron, every player that we have mentioned has a go-to move. Or
0: mm-hmm. They have
1: a signature move, and we know Kareem's is the sky hook, which is the most unstoppable yes. shot in the history of basketball. Yes. Which shows it, it allowed Kareem to play so long because it wasn't a lot of effort.
0: Yeah, you're right, Gary. And also, he kept himself in amazing shape. I, I, I don't remember him being out for weeks at a time or for, with this injury or that injury. He played just about every game, every single season. He was in a tremendous shape. It didn't seem like there was an ounce of fat on the guy, and his muscles were just, you know, he was incredibly strong. And one time they get into an altercation. And let me tell you, that person went to the hospital after. So he was absolutely quite a physical specimen, to, to say the very, very least. Tremendously athletic. One honor he doesn't have that, that many of the great players would have is by choice. And that is, he never participated in the Olympics. So he doesn't have a gold medal, which is somewhat unusual from all the superstars that we've talked about. But he did that out of being socially conscious, Gary, of 1968, and he's always stepped forward to express himself from a um, social justice perspective throughout his lifetime, even till today. He was honored recently, 2016, by President Obama, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest honor that a civilian can receive. So he made himself more than just a basketball player. we hear here now with with what's going on with, with Jacob Blake, which obviously uh, we also had George Floyd uh, um, and what the NBA players have been doing and discussing with the ownership and the management of the NBA. Well, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was taking steps like that a long, long time ago. And he paid a price for it in my estimation. I think that's why uh, he, he seemed to... Uh, not received the monetary rewards of many of our contemporary basketball players, but starring a few movies here and there. But, and he wrote a, a lot of books over the years, was given an honor of being a, an ambassador by President Obama as well. But uh, from so many perspectives, Kareem Abdul Jabbar has, has stood tall, <laughs> excuse the pun, as a person, as a man, and as a black man. And I, I'm proud to be able to have witnesses playing as a high school player because obviously they started to show some of his games when he was in high school as far as clips of them. And the way he dominated college basketball and, and also the way that he played in NBA and over so many, so many uh, great players who spanned decades like he did. And I'm glad he's doing well today as far as his health and well-being. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is an easy call for, for me to have as number two. And once again, it should be remembered that for quite some time, he was number one. If, if I had to do a list, you know, going back and eliminating everybody that played after a certain period of time, he would have been number one for a while. And so with that, Gary, I mean, if you have any other comments about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yeah, I
1: do. And I, I think, think goes, it's... Okay. Uh... Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting as well how we're saying that he is the second best player but there's so many people on these networks and I want, you know, I want to talk about this a little bit from the media perspective. I think it's very disrespectful that they don't give Kareem the credit he deserves. So, you know, I can talk about Skip Bayless putting Shaq over Kareem, which is just ridiculous. There's some people that say LeBron's ahead of Kareem, which is ridiculous. And I don't think they give him the credit he actually deserves for being such a great player. And Honestly, you know, if you go back to my criteria, which is winning, Kareem did something that no player on my list and your list has ever done. He was the best player in the 70s, and he won five championships in the 80s. So there's no way mm. for me to mm. actually take away anything from Kareem. I can't say he didn't win because he owned a decade of winning. Yep, And I can't yep. say that he wasn't the best player. He was the best player for a decade straight. Now, people that don't like Kareem will say, well, that was the worst error of basketball when it came to the ratings. I disagree with that. There's other reasons why the ratings were down and it wasn't Kareem. But I think people need to give Kareem more credit. For me, even if LeBron James, which he has a shot to surpass Kareem in an all-time scoring list, he will not be ahead of Kareem. Because, one, Kareem didn't have three-point shots, right? And the error that Kareem played in was a lot harder than the era that these guys play in now and obviously you know you can't attack the errors and stuff like that because they don't control the rules but it's very clear that the way lebron scores his points it just looks easier but with kareem sky hook it's so it's such a signature shot that i don't think it will really diminish him at all if he's no longer the all-time leading scorer no i i I
0: agree with you Gary, and and that one thing that I used to uh, complain about when I was a uh, high school basketball player, and I was mad at them, really, because I said, I don't believe this Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know what he did? He, Because of his super skills, Gary, they banned dunking the ball. Yep. <laughs> so all of a sudden, just as soon as I was able to dunk the ball, they said, you can't do it anymore. I said, what? No, <laughs> no, nope, nope, no more dunking. Dunks are gone. It's like, how can you do that? How can you to eliminate dunking the ball? Because they they just tried everything they could try, Gary. In fact, I can still see the Sports Illustrated cover story talking about the prospects of raising the basket by about two feet. All because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All because of Jabbar. They were gonna raise the bat. I mean, this radically changed the entire basketball game because they were trying to to lessen his dominance of the game, which is absolutely ridiculous. But when they took away the dunk, it was like so many players said, I don't believe this. So what are we supposed to do? We get way over the basket, the ball's over the basket. What are we up? What are we supposed to do with it? <laughs> what are we supposed to do? So no, he said, Oh, this is what you gotta do. You cannot bring your hand down. You must leave your hand up and let the ball fall out of your hands. If you bring the ball down and you're over the rim, it's illegal. What? but that's what they did. <laughs> I mean, it's like I never in my life thought that you see a change of that nature. I mean, it's, 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 it's so crazy. Just to even think about it now, Gary. And I'm sure what I'm saying to you, you're saying, what did they do? When did they do? It? Yeah, that's what they did. They eliminated the dunk in high school and college basketball. So if you were able to jump real high and got over the basket, you were just stuck. So people like David Thompson had to do. They did alley oops and he got over the basket, and then he just literally just froze there, stayed there for like a fraction of a second or a second or two, whatever, and then let the ball move his hands away from the ball and let the ball drop over the basket. You know, so drop into the basket. I mean, this is totally ridiculous. One of the most ridiculous rule changes in the history of sports was caused because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I was mad because I was finally able to do it, and then you can't do it. You can't do it. It's like, what? And so,
1: and what makes it that's worse. a little
0: sidebar here.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no! And what makes it worse is that Kareem was seven feet tall, so even making the rule wouldn't change anything because he's already over the roof. And
0: here's the thing, yeah, Kareem was seven-two, but the funny part of it was they figured out that even if the basket were twelve feet tall, it wouldn't make any difference. He could still dunk it, you know. So it's like, <laughs> so then they scratched their heads and said, "Well, let me think about this now." And so it would not make any difference for him. Now it would make a difference for everybody else, but it wouldn't make any difference for him. Until so they scratched their heads and said, "I don't think that's a good idea because we're trying to do this to stop Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Doesn't stop him. Stops everybody else. So that's probably not a good idea." So then they backed away from raising the basket. Plus, they had people try to shoot a basket twelve foot back. It was it was an experiment that that didn't live long. It, it's like, okay, this is really absurd. We're, we're we're eliminating the dunk. I don't think we should also raise the basket to twelve. Feet. And so they they backed off that. But it was just so funny to see how the so-called experts of the game were, were trying to stop Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who they could not stop, who was totally, totally dominating the game for the time he was 14 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was kind of comical. So that's a little sidebar note on, on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Garrett. I wanted to throw in there because I lived it. I saw it and it was, <laughs> they tried everything they could do to stop the guy. And, He didn't like to do interviews and they spun that into a negative. So they just didn't uh, you know appreciate the fact that he was a quiet individual. Yes, here we are. Down to the number one best player of all time in the National Basketball Association. He was not number one back in the 80s, folks, when Kareem Abdul Jabbar was number one. Why? Because he was in college and then he was drafted in '84. Into the NBA, but he had not won a championship—not even one in the eighties. I mean, what a failure! I mean, I mean, when you think about it, in the entire eighties, he did not win an NBA championship. He only won a college championship in the. 80s. In fact, like, let me ask something. He actually got
1: swept out of the first round a few times.
0: Several times by those Pistons, those bad boy Pistons. No. In fact,
1: no, by the Celtics. Oh, the Celtics, Celtics originally right, swept the first that's right. round.
0: And just because he scored 60-something points and 50-something points against Larry Bird, I mean, he lost. I mean, what do you want to say about that? He lost. He still lost. Something's wrong here to have him number one Gary. I think we better look at our numbers, look at our stats again, because I think some people are mad. All right, that we have him as number one, when in the 80s, the man didn't win a championship.
1: And Let me add something else. The fact that Larry Bird caught up Jesus in the sneakers, is he implying that Jesus lost?
0: That's right. I don't think he did. That's right. We know he didn't. But Larry Bird said that. Larry Bird said that. And I think Magic Magic talked about passing the baton to this guy. I, I, listen, listen, guys. Listen. You got a guy. You got the bad boy Pistons who beat him all the time. Sound like a winner to me. So, I don't know. I think we should go back and take a look at our... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think we made a mistake. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The 90s. Uh-oh. What? 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 You mean six titles? Three in a row?
1: Twice? Uh-oh, wait a minute. Are you talking is about shoe getting...
0: sales? I, I,
1: things are getting a little bit kind of hazy are you, here. Are you talking about the 90s? Is... Or are you talking no, about can... actually
0: winning? No, I'm talking about the the 90s, things kind of changed a little bit. Well, not a little bit, a lot. <laughs> so, the man won six NBA titles. Six. And guess what? People like Kareem lost like four. People like Jerry West lost eight. He won every single time he was in the finals. No, I'm not talking about Bill Russell. but Russell did that too. But this guy... Should we mention his name yet, Gary?
1: Well, you're or- missing something You're missing something else that's even more important. He never went to a Game 7.
0: That's right. I mean, uh, okay, never went to a Game 7. No. So that tells us that we may have we better, better check our numbers here and check, check our, our stats because that means he, he – no, no, that's a good thing, I think. Let's see. Never went to, I guess we have to – yeah, that is a good thing. He never went to a Game 7. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, folks. Five MVP awards. 14 times he was an All Star. And guess what? I think he only played 15 years. So just about every year he was an All Star. Three times he won the MVP award in All Star game. Six times he won the MVP award. I'm sorry, five times he won the MVP award in the NBA. And then you have the stat that I really, really love, Gary. And that is scoring titles. No one's done it better. 10 times he was the scoring champion. So no one has done it better than than Michael. His scoring average for his career is 30.1 points a game, shooting an amazing 50% from the field. And I say amazing because he was a guard, folks. He was not like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, where he had the patented sky sky hoop that he was taking from 10, 15 feet away. No, he was taking shots from all over the court, shooting 50%, 84% from the free throw line, Getting six rebounds a game, nearly five-plus assists per game. And three times he led the NBA in steals. Three times he did that. With a career average of 2.3. Nine times all-defensive first-team player. Nine times. Defensive player of the year, 1988. Oh, he did do something in the 80s. Okay, he won that award. Okay.
1: And we're being facetious, folks. We know that he did a
0: lot of great things in the
1: 1980s. He actually did something else in the 80s. He's the first player to win the Defensive Player of the Year Award and the MVP in the same year. Yes, I'm
0: sure our, our listeners know that we were just joking around about the great Michael Jordan, the best basketball player in the NBA history. Still, I would say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the greatest college basketball player, Michael Jordan, the greatest NBA basketball player.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. In fact, there's a run... I think it's just absolutely phenomenal from 1986 to when he retired the first time in the 93-94 season where he averaged 30 points a game every year, over 30 every year. <laughs> you know, I'll run it down. So uh, 37, 35, 32.5, 33.6, 31.5, and 30.1.
0: <laughs> oh, you missed the next year. It
1: 32.6. Oh, you're right. You're right, 32.6.
0: And then he slumped one year to have 26.9, well, but, but then he came was, back to that
1: 30.4. But that was, <laughs> that was the year where he missed because of baseball, and he came back. Oh, so that's I'm not counting right. That. That's right. So, technically, so, yeah, so even him out of shape, he averaged 27 again. <laughs> out of shape. And then it was
0: 30.4, 29.6, which is really 30 again. And so, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, incredible. And just incredible. So many years also, Gary, of his 15, even his last year with the uh, Washington Wizards, he played every single game, every single game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times of his 15 years, he played every single game. That's right. And, and, and I tell you, uh, Gary, okay. we went to a number of those. We went to, when he was with the Wizards, we went to a number of those games and at times we were pretty close. We got some really good seats at times. It was just great just to be able to see him play. I, I know I like to talk about Tim Duncan, and I said I wouldn't cross the street to see Tim Duncan play. But I tell you, we went through storms to go see Michael play, Gary. We, we went through whatever the, t- the weather was to see Michael Jordan play when he was with the Washington Wizards. It was such a thrill to see the greatest player of all time, play. Even at that time, he was better than most of the players. <laughs> that's right. You know, even of, in his latter years, he was averaging like twenty-three points a game and twenty points a game. You know, yeah, you look at his career; he never averaged less than twenty points a game in a season, never. And most players would love to score twenty points a game for one season. That was his worst season ever, when he averaged twenty points a game.
1: Yeah, that's right. In fact, I think those two wizard years get overlooked just because the true Michael Jordan fans. T- Said that wasn't Michael. But even that quote unquote not being Michael and him not being able to jump like he used to, him just scoring off of his pure skills is impressive because he literally scored most of his points with the Wizards just on the block, shooting fadeaway jump shots, which is is something that I wish another individual uh, would learn how to do. He'll average so many, he'll average so much more points if he actually did this, but he doesn't. This was easy. For me, I mean, I know that you have Michael and Kareem close. I don't even have them close because there's no one that's won for an entire decade. If you look at all the years, you know, we can go you know, down the list real quick. In 1990, the bad boy Pistons won. Then Michael won three times. Then Akeem won twice. And then Michael won three more times. And Tim Duncan won. So the entire decade was owned by Michael Jordan because those two years he took off, they probably could have won both of those. And then in '99, it was a you know it was a lockout shortened season. They could have won that one too. And in 1990, if Scotty didn't have the migraine, you know I know that I pick on Scotty a lot, <laughs> but Scotty didn't have the migraine in Game Seven. They probably won that one too.
0: Yeah, no, Gary, I tell you, when you look at it, we just talked about his regular season record. We be talked about his titles, but in 1986, Michael averaged 43.7 points a game in the playoffs. <laughs> That's like, incredible. 43.7 points a game. And then the following year, 35.7. The following year, 36.3. The following year, 1989, 34.8. And then 1990, 36.7 in the playoffs.
1: In the playoffs. The highest scoring average in playoff history.
0: Yep, 33.4 points a game overall in the playoffs. In
1: the playoffs, he was scoring
0: like that. The first series of winning three championships, 91, 92, 93, he averaged 31.1, 34.5, and 35.1 points a game in the playoffs, shooting well over 50% during that period of time. I mean, just absolutely incredible statistics. And also, winner is just all is stamped all over Michael Jordan. He did not have to me, in my estimation, the the type of players that Bill Russell had. Bill Russell had a lot of instant Hall of Famers. He had Tommy Heinsohn. He had Sam Jones. He had Bob Cousy. He had Frank Ramsey. He had John Havlicek. Two of those names are on our top 50 of all time, were on the Bill Russell teams during that era. Michael didn't have that. You could say he had Scotty. Okay, we know we've yeah we've all picked on Scotty, but okay, Scotty did make the Hall of Fame, and we, uh, we applaud him for that. He did have Dennis Rodman, who was a great role player, you know, good good player. But it was Michael. <laughs> it was Michael, and had he not gone off to play baseball for a couple of years, he may have not may I think they would have won another two. NBA Championships. Like a number two individual, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael also has been honored by President Obama as a Presidential Medal of Freedom Award winner, which is quite a distinguished honor. But even, not even more so, because I'm not going to belittle that, that's a tremendous honor. Michael's a billionaire. Okay, let's just cut to the chase. Billionaire. And Michael Jordan is the only Black individual who would be the majority owner of an NBA basketball team. And I remember, Gary, I remember it like it was yesterday when Michael Jordan was on the front page of the Washington Post leaving the Wizards facility because the owner at the time screwed him. The owner at the time had said that he was going to allow Michael Jordan to own the Washington Wizards. And that was really the reason why Michael decided to go to the Wizards. And then he said, oh, I changed my mind. I don't think I said that. Maybe that was your recollection, not mine. Well, it wasn't that long before Michael Jordan was able to acquire an NBA basketball team. And now he's the fourth richest black man in the United States. One of the richest black men in the world. And the person who screwed Michael, well, see, the thing is, usually people who do bad, they get it, you know. And usually when you get bad done to you, it's a setback maybe, only for a setup for bigger things. And that's exactly what happened with Michael. And the Wizards. (laughs) The Wizards have been... I wouldn't call them Wizards. I would just call them Losers. That's a better word. Because that's what they are. They're the Washington Losers. Maybe they should change their name to that. Because that's all they've done since Michael's departure. It's funny how things catch up with people, isn't it? So, bottom line... And I know that was a little bit of a sarcastic remark, but they deserve it because what they said to Michael, you know, Michael now laughs about it. I'm sure they didn't talk about it because their joke, Michael's not. (laughs) And so it never has been. So from every perspective, you're looking at what's going on with George Floyd and Jacob Blake, Michael's committed over $100 million to, to help with the social injustice in America. $100 million, folks. And what he's done in North
1: Carolina with
0: various organizations, Novant Health Centers, et cetera, is just totally admirable.
1: Not just that, he also did many firsts. He's the only person that, that owns his own shoe company in Air Jordan. He's the only person that, as you mentioned before, obviously being an owner. But a lot of these guys are trying to copy this, and they haven't been able to succeed in this. And well, I'm happy they're trying
0: to copy because that's that's a good oh, thing to copy, yeah, you Oh know, no, so. it
1: is definitely something that you want to copy. But I do think it's mm-hmm. very interesting that some of these guys haven't started their own shoe company, knowing that mm-hmm. Michael already created the blueprint for these guys.
0: And not only that, Gary, you know, one of the most lucrative business businesses you could have, other than uh, you know, the shoe company is great and it's phenomenal. He's going to make a phenomenal amount of money there. Michael Jordan owns so many car dealerships. I mean, <laughs> Lincoln Mercury dealership, Nissan dealership. I mean, he is an outstanding business person. Steakhouses at Grand Central Station in New York City. It goes on. It goes on. Investments in golf courses. Now, he is truly, truly a remarkable individual. He's helped foundations like Make-A-Wish Foundation. He's done just remarkable things that he's done over his lifetime. And it's something that has to be noted. But one of the things that I really remember about Michael that puts a little smile on my face because it put a big smile on your face and you were just a little kid, Gary. And that is Space Jam the movie. It was really such a delightful, entertaining movie to see. And it, it made like almost a quarter of a billion dollars. I mean, it was, you know, I wouldn't think that it would have made that kind of money, but Michael was able to draw other NBA players. Many of them were on our list of top, of top basketball players of all time, like Patrick Ewing, to participate in this activity. And Space Jam was an iconic movie. I mean, just, it was something that, Left you with a big smile on your face, and and it's uh, it's something that you enjoyed thoroughly. In fact, Gary, you know, from time to time, I I look at it again when it comes on TV. From time to time, it was just such a memorable movie. So from so many perspectives, you know, Michael Jordan has has not only changed basketball, his dunk shots, his slam dunk titles, which some players don't want to do. Uh, well, it's something that made the All Star game the All-Star game, before the All-Star game. It was something that you just had to see before seeing the players run up and down the court and, and just not play any defense and play, play an All-Star game, which you, you see today. Well, the All-Star game made the All-Star weekend the All-Star weekend.
1: It was also, not forget that Michael was also one of the captains on the Dream Team, which is considered the greatest team ever assembled. And going back to the shoot thing that, that I mentioned before, and I completely overlooked this, he helped build the biggest shoe brand in the world in Nike. Nike was nothing before Michael Jordan signed with that company. Now it's the number one shoe company in the world. So, from all aspects, from on the court to off, you know, and off the court, including what you brought up with Space Jam, Space Jam also helped him become the player that he was in 96 when the Bulls won 72 games with all the practices they've had with all the other great players. So, you
0: know, you're absolutely right.
1: And even today,
0: you, you could turn on a TV and see a Haynes commercial, <laughs> an underwear commercial. And that's Michael Jordan. I mean, he uh, his endorsement of products is legendary. From Coca-Cola, Chevrolet, Gatorade, McDonald's, Ballpark Franks, Wheaties, you be like Mike. Here are Jordans, as you talked about before. Michael Jordan. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks's consulting firm has helped scores of companies large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email Gary at GaryFranks.org now. So, folks, I hope you've enjoyed the several weeks that we've spent on going from number 50 all the way to number one. And plus, we did honorable mention as well. So, that was another 10 players. You know, we love the game. You know, we, we both played the game at various levels over the years. And we looked at it from a generational perspective. Basketball is a great game. It's a fun game. It's a, it's a skilled game. It's a game in which you have role players. It's a game in which you have stars. It's a game in which you have great coaches. It's a game in which you have great systems. It's a game in which anyone could play. You know, obviously, we've talked about the greatest female basketball players of all time. But it's not a game in which it's just for, for guys and men. It's a game for, for girls and women. It's just an outstanding activity, which we have to all thank Mr. Nate Smith for coming up with Gary. Have you have been to the hall of fame, NBA hall of fame in new England in Springfield. It gives me goosebumps to go there just to see all the players. Many of them we've talked about over the last several weeks, but we're at the end of this segment. Will it change in the future?
1: Yes. Yeah. Speaking of the future, What do you think about, since the NBA playoffs are on, what do you think about doing a list of the top players today? Oh, interesting. That could,
0: well, let's talk about that, Gary. That could be our next show. Don't forget to subscribe.